Hey there, welcome to the Stormwater World Podcast. After 10 years in the stormwater industry, I feel like I've only scratched the surface of all there is to learn. I believe there are a lot of people just like me who are curious, but we're all just so busy. So I'm going to ask the questions so we can get the answers together. My name is Ty Garman, and I'm your host. Join me as we learn about what is happening in the stormwater world. Welcome to the Stormwater World Podcast. I'm really excited today. I got a good friend of mine. Here with us, uh, Doug Book. He's the president and owner of Pave Drain. And we're going to get right out of the gates uh, with our conversations, as I've mentioned, that I want to take out of the hallways and bring to everyone that's listening um, some of the best information out there that we can. And uh, so what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about some pretty great technology, but we're also going to talk about why why aren't people embracing it more and what's what's causing that issue between, man, I really like this as a, as an option for me, but, uh, but we can't, we can't do it because of X or because of Y or that they're just unwilling. So anyways, I, I don't want to take away from any of, of Doug's thunder, but we're going to get started for those out there listening that, uh, aren't familiar with Pave Train. Let me, uh, let me go ahead and let Doug tell you a little bit about himself and about the company and about what Pave Drain can do, uh, for your, uh, your stormwater projects. Well, appreciate you being for, uh, on. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, appreciate you being on. This is a, this is a pleasure. Obviously, we've known each other for a lot of years and uh, met each other at trade shows and and know what you got to do when you're out uh, schlepping a product to go get uh, installed out in the in the marketplace. I started Pave Drain in uh, August of 2008. So those of us that were around in the in that market realized there's a little, we got off to a little bit of an auspicious start concerning the U.S. and world economy it collapsed, right? As I was uh, starting up this uh, new technology, uh, as my dad said, hey, nice timing, idiot. Uh, and it, it felt like it because uh, I was the only breadwinner in my house at the time when I was married and I had a, uh, had a, had a three-year-old and decided to, hey, I'm just going to start a company. This, this, I've, I've sat in boardrooms. This can't be that hard. Hey, in your defense, in your defense, a lot of good companies, a lot of great companies came out of recessions, right? So if you can make it through, (laughs) right? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. No, you're right. And I I do think it makes you change and and really makes you assess yourself and what you're doing and you really believe in it. And uh, one of the things I, a story I was telling another guy that was starting up a company I, I told him when I, when I was sitting in some of these meetings, corporate meetings I was in and was like, man, I cannot wait to start my own company so I can make all the decisions and do everything myself. You know, a little ego kind of things that, that you got to have. And then I, I start the company up and 10 minutes later, I'm going, oh man, I, I don't know anything about this. I got to call somebody. I got to find somebody to help me out. I don't know how to do this. <laughs> Whoops. Whoops. Whoopsie daisy. So, so then you're like, oh man, I, can I do this? Can I really pull this off? And that is, uh, that's, that's kind of how it goes. But, uh, so our economy goes into a tailspin in uh, fall of eight and I immediately, uh, pivot and went back to work for corporate America. I just realized oh, okay. that there was absolutely no way I could get this thing off the ground uh, without just a massive influx of cash and investment to go do it. And if you're going to do that, then you're going to give up all your leverage. You're going to give up all of your 
uh, any, but you know, I was part of a company one time and I was a very small minority shareholder and I lost many of argument with the, one of those major shareholders going, well, vote your stock, Doug, and tell us how far that's going to get you. And well, I it didn't get me anywhere. So I wanted to keep that share of the company under my name and under my control. And so I, I, I had to take a step back, uh, took me about two years before the economy started rolling again. Now I didn't completely stop. I kept working, kept modifying stuff, kept talking to people, kept, I had my, I kind of had my, uh, my thumb on the pulse of what was going on out in the engineering community, what I was seeing, what I was kind of, uh, what I was a part of and ended up in uh, 2010, hired my first employee. It was not me. Uh, brought on out my operations manager has been with me ever since and is a uh, just a just a backbone of our business and what we do and he uh, and a really good dude so we can give yeah. him a shout out Jeremy Dan yeah. Jeremy Jeremy yeah. Dan Jeremy national operation good, good, good guy good guy just a yeah, uh, just sure. a zealot in the stormwater world he loves it loves ops great at it uh, well known throughout the industry and without throughout the country for that matter and he has uh, he was our first employee. And a few months later, I came on and we hit, we had kind of in the workings on a job, but we hit a huge job at Ford Motor Company in Louisville, Kentucky, that is still in operations to this day where we did about, uh, we sold about 89,000 square feet of paving right out the gate. Bam. Yes. And it, well, hey, let's back up for a quick, let's, but, yeah, let's back up for just a second for, for those people. I mean, here's one of the biggest thing and another reason for the pot. I always, I think everybody knows paving. I think everybody should. I think if you don't know what paved drain is, then like you, you're, you're probably you're living in some sort of rock. So, and then, and I just insulted a bunch of people, right? Because people <laughs> there, there's people, cause there's people that really don't, they don't know. don't know. So let's back up and let's, let, let's explain to them because I think they, they probably think like me, like, oh, permeable paver. And maybe they just already turned us off. Right. See, so like, I want us, I want them to understand this is a permeable paving system and it goes way further than your normal, just whatever type of permeable paver that's out there. Um, so let's back up just a sec and kind of share with the, uh, with everybody what what is paved drain? Great point. Uh, what I, w- I was in the paver world for about five minutes and I saw some massive shortcomings. Uh, no, they and they didn't kick me out. I, I chose to get out of that one. I was in and out and, and uh, it didn't work. So uh, I just saw all these massive shortcomings. And one of the very first ones that I saw was they're using the wrong geotextile underneath the pave, the permeable paver system. These uh, six ounce non-woven felt like geotextile is a terrible product for <laughs> what they're trying to do. You're okay. loading up a saturated soils. You're filling with rock, dumping water into there with some, maybe some silt sedimentation, get through caking, clogging. It is the wrong geotextile. So that was the first thing it did. Second, you're getting, and you're, you're getting in your own way, right? Like, so if, I, if, 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 you explain it, if, if you explain it to me as I'm a five-year-old, it, you're just kind of getting in your own way. Yeah. That, what you're, that doing, you're not doing this right. You, this is not how you, you picked this product because it was cheap. Not really understanding what it was, why it did what it did or how it does what it does and why it fails or why it works. You just picked it because it was cheap. It's just cheap never wins. Uh, think of the, all the terrible cars that have come out there. Well, it's cheap. Gone. <laughs> it's cheap. Gone. You know, it, the race to the bottom is just not where you start. And so I started there. And if you're going to build a good house and a good foundation, got to have the foundation built right. And so we built, we based it off of that. 
uh, did a lot of work with uh, uh, Tenkata Marify at the time. Uh, Marify, geotextiles, woven monofilaments, multifilament geotextiles, really had a good bracing, a, a knowledge of that. I distributed that product, so I had a good working knowledge of it. So then you go up through the rock and all the different things. I was on some job sites, and man, the contractors watch them struggle with all these different rock gradations and everything. Wouldn't it be a little better and a little easier if you only had one or two rock gradations? Well, of course, rather than imagine two, three, or imagine three or four of them. Uh, that all comes into play. Then it comes down to the very top. So pavers just, uh, when they're talking about manufacturing, all they care about is the, so they call it board space on a, on a, on a paver machine or block manufacturing machine. Let's say that that machine is a, the board production board is two square feet. I'm just throwing out a number. Uh, do you want to manufacture a product that covers one square foot of that board? Or do you want to manufacture a product that covers 1.95 uh, square foot of that board? That efficiency comes into huge plays on these pavers. So whatever their production board size was at their at their plant, they wanted to maximize that and put it, get their pavers to reach to the very edges of that with an interlock and whatever they had to do and however they wanted to do it to make it fully fit their production pallet. We didn't, I didn't quite, yeah, I get it. I buy into that. That makes a ton of sense if you're trying to sell all sorts of pavers with what we were trying to do is sell a system. And you had to touch base on the video. Like, I'm not just selling the paved drain block. I'm selling the paved drain system, which includes a high strength global monofilament geotextile, the correct rock, a geogrid placed on top to keep the legs and everything up out of the salt. And also to put the block on top of it that does not and is not filled, backfilled with sand, rock, rock chips, number eights, whatever you want to call it between the joints, leave it open, uh, which is a drastic change from what the pavers do. They have to have that rock in between it. It's called aggregate interlock. If they don't have that rock between those joints because of the way the pavers and the size of it, they just fall apart. Paved drain blocks are made on a block machine. They're different ASTM, but it's still a concrete masonry product. It's uh, the same technology has been around since the 1950s. And it is a very big product uh, when compared to a paver. A lot of pavers are two and five eighths inches thick, may weigh four or five pounds. An individual paved drain block measures 12 inches by 12 inches, is 5.65 inches thick and weighs into about 50 pounds for our arched unit, our heavy duty unit, which uh, means no arch in it. That weighs in about 65 pounds around the country. Pretty, pretty so completely different. Right. I mean, it's, it's basically completely different. I mean, it's almost unfair to put it in the same category as the other papers, which is what we really did every, every day. We spend a staggering amount of hours. We're not a paver. We're not a paver. We are not a paver. <laughs> That's all we sit there and say. And you've uh, done some marketing for us. It just says not a paver, hashtag not a paver. And, and the reason is we don't fit. And it's not. It's a block. It's a paver. And somebody may say, "Tomato, tomato." Well, come watch us infiltrate versus what a paver does. And we'll see. We'll show you what the what the difference is. Now, come maintain us versus come maintain the other stuff. Now you'll understand the the difference. And that takes time. It takes a decade. I had a uh, conversation last uh, uh, spring, this past spring, with a valued friend of mine reputable just knows what's going on in the industry and he he hit goes uh so how, how long's paving done around i feel like i've heard about it forever well called about 10 and a half 11 years is what really what we've been at it 
and and he goes, oh, so you're just a baby product in our industry. And 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 after I fell out of my chair, going, man, he's <laughs> right. Yeah. Dang, this does take a long time to get along. It just does just cycle through the municipal markets and cycle through the engineering world. Nobody in the engineering world throws their hand up. Oh, I want to be first. Let me do it. Let me be first yeah. over the yeah. hill. No engineer ever says that. And that's the problem with a little bit different take. And we're really, you know, we're, we're tweaked this much different as I'm holding my fingers an inch apart that you can't see from a, from a paver, but it's a big difference. And, but therefore, does anybody want to really go do this? And, and, you know, what wants to be first? And that is what we have battled. Now, once we get in, we get in and, and we get a lot of repeat business. Uh, we get a ton of repeat business. Now, have we had sure. our challenges? <laughs> of course. Who doesn't? Well, let's, let's, let's bust some, let's just bust some myth, misnomers then while we're at it before we, before we move on to some of these other, uh, the topics that I know you'd like to discuss is, uh, so I don't know, where did I see that recently? Like somebody was saying, or we were talking offline or whatever that, um, you know, they think, oh, if I do my parking lot, I have to either do it all asphalt and do use other, other solutions, or I have to do it all paved drain. And I, that, that's not true. That's not true. But I think that, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, and to fill in the gas, I, I feel like you can, you can use a combination of your standard way of making a parking lot and you can use paved drain and it can actually reduce some, some footprints, or maybe I'm saying that wrong, reduce the amount of other things that you're going to, you would, you would traditionally need, but, um, that I know I'm probably jacking that all up, but let's just kind of break that, that, uh, mentality that it's all or nothing with paved drain and that paved drain actually is very, very good, um, in conjunction with other things. That's, yeah, that's a great segue. The, the words that you were looking for is kind of run on ratios. Run off ratios, run on ratios. (laughs) That's that's where your your uh, tongue got all tied up in it. (laughs) That's why I'm the interviewer. You are the interviewee. Yeah, it's almost like I've said it 14 times today. (laughs) (laughs) So go go ahead. What was that again? Roll 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 on ratios. Run 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 on ratios is uh, that roll 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 roll. And so what is uh, what is a run on ratio? So it's the amount of impervious surface area running onto a permeable surface. So if you have, and that counts as traditional asphalt, traditional streets, roofs, traditional concrete that runs off carrying debris with it onto a, into a permeable system. Early technology, as everybody knows, it tends to prove, just look at the, uh, look at the light bulb and you look at, look at automobiles, look at trucks, look at everything. It all tends to prove we're really being touted around the country as kind of a second generational, second generation permeable surface. So all the original permeable surfaces, pavers, pervious concrete, pervious asphalt, had uh, sought low run-on ratios, meaning one to one, three to one, five to one, no more than five to one square foot of a traditional impervious surface running onto a permeable surface. And the reason is debris. They can't handle a lot of debris. They can't handle a lot of trash, everything that gets carried along in a first flush after a storm event that gets washed onto it, which tends to plug it. The other little caveat to that is who doesn't like selling material? If you're selling something, uh, you know, and the rules say no more than a three to one run on ratio, man, that means on my uh, 10,000 square foot parking lot, I get to sell 3,000 square foot of my permeable surface. This is awesome. 
awesome. And they and everybody gets happy about that. Well, what happens if <laughs> a disruptive technology, which is what we are, comes along and says, how about, how about uh, a thousand square foot? Hey, wait, wait a minute. Wait, wait, you're not following the rules. Damn straight. We're not, <laughs> we're trying to bust the rules and we're trying to sell our product. Uh, you do what you, you do. We do what we do, which is why we had to get out of that being called a paver. It had to, it had to go away for us. So we got into more and more. What if, what if you're an owner and you're only, uh, charged with, you only have to buy a thousand square foot of an expensive product or 3,000, 4,000, 5,000, 10,000 square foot of a cheap product. Uh, math works. Uh, that's where we tend to, we tend to shine on that. And that tends to really play out in our favor. But that being said, you still got to build it correctly. It's still got to be built as a system, as we designed it, as we put it together, because we've had it happen the other way. People have cut corners, done stuff, put in the cheap geotech style. Probably the third or fourth job we did, uh, uh, two weeks after the job was it was installed and it was out east and it was out in uh, Maryland, and it was a it was a roadway, it was a county roadway, put in a uh, the pavering went in, and we had a very specific high strength uh, Mirafi geotextile that was Mirafi RS five eighty I was their newest geotextile stuff was strong and the reason was the soils beneath it were garbage they were horrible. It was muck and we needed the highest edge geotextile we could put in down there to, to withstand the strength of only putting, I believe it was only about 12 to 14 inches of rock on top of it and then paint drain on top of that and then car traffic. Well, uh, that was a very expensive geotextile. Uh, if I remember, it was about, at the time it was around almost $4 a square yard. Well, a four ounce non-woven at the time is about 40 cents a square yard. So... What do you think the, the, uh, they, somebody wanted to change out? I can't really say who, who changed it out, but it wasn't the contractor. It was somebody else that kind of jumped around it and put in a really cheap geotextile, put the rock on top, put the pavering on top, started driving traffic over the top of it. Well, the pavering started looking like a wave. Guess whose fault it was? <laughs> Why did this stuff work? This didn't work very well. And, and, and we're sitting there going, Oh, what is up? And, and you know, your own self-reflection, you're, you're going, uh-oh, this is bad. And then we start uh, digging into this thing, literally popping up the blocks, digging down. Well, the geotextile had pushed and moved its way up. Some of it was only a few inches from the bottom of the paved ring. So it had just blown it apart. And so then it's like, ah, oh, wow. Now we know what the what this culprit is. And, you know, a couple of, legal threats and all of a sudden you're no longer the bad guy and so <laughs> stuff like that uh really gets a uh you know it's but again this is just part of the process that we've gone through of of uh of being out in the marketplace yeah we're like a david versus goliath type of thing we're up against pretty good sized uh company no, don't, let's stop to david theory, right? yeah it does yeah, but yeah, let's not yeah, feel yeah. sorry for david because we can <laughs> we we like to do stuff or we're a little feisty and uh We'll go. Uh, we'll we'll put our stuff up against uh, anybody's. World. Hey, and 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 also, so everybody knows. For all so so everybody knows that if you go to pavedrain.com, they do have they are they do have a plugin for the Hydrocat, so you can get all the information. I believe again, I could be misspeaking, and Doug will fix me if I have. Still on. You can. We still pay for you it. Get, you can get all the information you need to not have your paved drain 
do the wave. So yeah, we you are, uh, you are providing all the technical information that they would they could ever want. Absolutely, uh, we have years of experience, millions and millions and millions of square foot of experience behind us. So, and and while you could probably share a lot of war stories, and if you want to hear more war stories, you know, feel free to hit us up and uh, and hit us up in the comments. I'm sure Doug wouldn't mind sharing some more war stories that coming on again. We could just do it. Uh, a paved drain war story episode because I would, <laughs> I personally would like it. And part of this, this, this podcast, I do want to bring some value to the, our listeners, but it's also for me. So we may bring, we may do that. We may just have a Dude, paved drain war story right. uh, episode. But uh, so in, in kind of moving on, and we had talked a little bit off, off camera or off, off or offline uh, before we started recording the podcast. Um, you know, you had mentioned, you know, if, if, you know, if, if you always do what you've always done, you're always going to get what you've always got. And so you've got a lot of people out there and obviously that kind of leans into to thing that you're running up against in terms of, uh, of adoption of the product. Um, and so you got people out there struggling with the results, but then they're unable to move forward, even though they see this technology. Do you want to kind of, kind of give me what you're thinking about kind of around that, that, that idea? Yeah, this is, uh, this is this goes a this goes in a long ways of uh, engineers, independent thinking, doing what's best for your client. Uh, government just doesn't know what's always best, right? And just take that with a grain of salt on so Just hey, these a lot of people have really good intentions. They really do. Then people get to taking things too far. Green technology, just that word alone. Uh, green infrastructure. Sometimes I throw up in my mouth, even though I'm a part of that that world is uh bioswales and ponds and wow there's enough of this stuff and they they just keep proving over and over again to just not work and 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 on top of it their maintenance dollars are through the roof on this so i i, I I'll, I'll i'll start off with ponds yeah, let's not, yeah, like, yeah, because you just, 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 you just said a whole lot in the I last did. 15 seconds. Just, and so you're going to, I think you're going to have to back up and like, okay, so, uh, how is it the pandemic response? Yeah, yeah. It I just, just got like, open on I was like, oh, all right. We just canceled. Oh, we just got can't. We just got canceled. First episode and we're canceled. Awesome. Never thank you, Doug. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, thank you. Good night. Uh, <laughs> hey, thanks for coming out and ruining this yeah, in 10 minutes. Yeah, so, yeah. No worries, yes. no worries. So we're so we'll start let's with the tension. Right? Let's just how are they supposed to? Pods. How should they be working? And where 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 is your you know put your thesis together for all those that just freaked out that heard this? Like anything that's <laughs> out there, good uh, the path with good intentions is paved with <laughs> with, with the tension pods. Apparently, with the tension pods. And oh, am I, is that I'm not sweating. It is sweat. It's not the light. Okay. It's straight okay. sweat. Uh, oh, yeah. Notice I'm yeah. not sweating because I'm just <laughs> I, I get fired up about let's it. Go. But let's do it. So has and I will say this: has anything contributed to more urban sprawl? You know, detention pond. Okay, so we so we gotta we're taking up more well, footprint that, than, than uh, necessary. Number one, we're taking up we more footprint than that. more footprint that we need to do. On top, uh, uh, are they really that effective? Uh, that's that's another thing. And I understand a little bit of a water feature that I kind of get that one. I'm like, yep, like that, that I like, I can see some properties wanting to have a little water feature under that. I, that one I, I, I kind of get, but when you pull into a, into a new development or a new uh, shopping area or something, and in the front of the 
of the of the the, the development is an L-shaped two and a half acre detention pond uh, with somehow got a fence around it with weeds growing up all around it and mosquitoes flying all over the place looking like birds and that is that is what we that's what we want to do that's what we're after are, are you kidding me it's just but it checked the box Ty, it checked the box this is what we had to do it checked this is what they, and again this is where rules get put into place and it's as if the state the governments the counties the agencies are telling the engineers you're too stupid to do this right so we're going to make you do all of this and make sure you check every box. Do, 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 do. And then we checked every box and we did it. And now you can build it. And, and sometimes you sit there and go, well, that, that just this pond doesn't even remotely fit what the what this developer is trying to do. And what and th this developer may have the best intentions on something they're doing. Now, again, there may be some nefarious stuff out there. And I get there's a little balancing act and all this. But at some point in time, when a ponds are going up at such a frantic pace and i heard a i heard a uh uh dnr official years ago as his he's recently he's passed away his name is roger bannerman from the wisconsin dnr and he talked about take a overhead flyover over milwaukee out at, at outer areas of milwaukee and uh, all the developing areas uh take that after the clean water act was passed if you did a flyover of that you would see a handful of lakes smaller ponds, things like that out into the, into the, into the rural areas that were going to eventually going to get developed. Now take that same flyover, uh, 40 years later, after the clean water act has been passed, all the developments going on and the sheer number of ponds that are, that are visible in a flyover is staggering. Now, is that what we really intended to do? to take all that surface water, all that water that used to be underground and put it all on the surface now. And now, and, and mosquitoes and safety issues. And, and then the, nobody talks about, are these things even working? And there's been some studies that they get filled up with, you know, the, the original, the most of their sediment comes from the initial three to five years when all the construction is going on and all that, that pond is getting filled up with silt. Again, the thought process behind it is, the water fills out. It's got a place for it to settle to the bottom. Great. That all it's fine. I get it. But the really fine, fine, fine stuff just doesn't really settle out ever. Then as soon as you get a good sized storm event, whoosh, water comes pouring into there, re or puts it all back up out of suspension and back into suspension and it flows all over the place. Well, then let's say that it actually overflows because they have to have overflows built in. Well, now you have just nasty water flowing over the top of a spillway into a what's it going into a bigger creek a river something like that that's eventually got now you have even more problems and i get back to did we really solve anything nobody has is questioning that meanwhile our aquifers are drying up uh we're pumping water out of the out of the groundwater like we like it's never going to run out and nowhere are we talking about replenishing that groundwater and putting it to, back down below i'm a farm kid we dig wells. We we have to have wells. We pull it all up. But do you think we'd sit there and just irrigate every last acre we have uh, with well water, knowing full well that uh, hey, if we don't get some rain, we're in, we're you know we need it. We need to come from the sky. We can't just irrigate this. We're going to pull that water out of that well, and we're all going to it's all going to dry up. There's there's a the word I use and I say it all the time is balance. There's got to be a balance between 
damn ponds everywhere we go versus us. And I'm not saying we go everywhere. I mean, you, yeah, no, but I mean, you want to put us everywhere? I'll be the first one to say, no way do we go there. Do not right. put us in that application. There's right, exist. Right. You know, let's, that's, you know what? Let's, let's hold on to that thought. I would like to talk about that, like the best application versus where you would say, you know what? That's not our, that's not our jam. But uh, to, to stay on the detention pond for just a moment, like, um, in my simple brain, are, are we saying basically then the, the, the better solution would be to let's just take the pond out and put the, the, that ability to hold water and filtrate it into back into the soil, like underneath the parking lot, right? Is that kind of the solution? That's it. Using paved drain as a filtration, letting it trickle down and then it can't, it can't re-turbulate, it can't re-get turbulate. Mother Nature's been cleaning this stuff. It appears she's been at it all a couple of days. You know, nature has been infiltrating water for, you know, a a while. So let's let her do what she does. She's really good. Gravity still works. Let's get her back down in the ground. Uh, I I have a story about a uh, a buddy of mine, an engineering buddy up in uh, Minnesota. And he was talking about uh, one of their detention ponds that they had to deal with in a residential neighborhood. It It had filled up. There was a tenth of inch of rain running off the yards and sidewalks and everything into this, and the the water would come up uh, out of the pond, and it would flow into the backyards. It it just was full. They needed to dredge it. Now, again, this is not some massive pond. I think what he said it was like an acre and a half or whatever it was, but they had to buy a garage, knock it down to get the equipment back there, dredge this pond. I mean, then put it in a geotube, let it sit for a year, I think is what he said, then have to open up the geotube, haul away all of the nasty silt and sedimentation that was hazardous, by the way, and haul that off to a landfill. And they ended up paying, I just, thought he said it was like, remember about $1.3 million for all this work. And, And now that's, that's a lot of money to get a lot of nothing. You know, think about what they sold. They didn't repave a street. They didn't add something. They didn't build a building vertical for one point three. They didn't build a park. They didn't put up any basketball hoops. They did not. They dredged a stinking pond that looks basically the exact same as they were done as, as the day they started. That is a horrible use of taxpayer money. It's a, it's it's awful. Now, how many ponds are around there? Well, the, the one municipality York, he said there's 3,500 ponds. All of them are due. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's a big number. Now, how do we do this? How do, how do we, you know, you don't want to dredge it. Might, might pump it dry. Get the water out of there. See it covered up. Let it be. If you don't, if you don't dredge it, let it be. Now take a part. Now take our, take our development aspect that we talked about a little bit earlier. Now take that development. Right. All right. Who's first of all? Who's paying for that pond to be dredged? Uh, everybody looks around. The municipality puts their head down because they know it's probably them, and they don't want to have to pay for it. Now, if you're if you are if you're a developer and you own that land and you own that pond, oh man, that's two and a half acres. Well, first of all, it's prime real estate. Now, second of all, let's go. I don't want to pay to. I don't want to have to raise my rent on my tenants so high that they got to pay a stormwater fee or whatever we're going to do, dredging fee, whatever we're going to call it to dredge that out. So let's say they just pull the water out. It's pretty cheap. Now you've got all that salt sedimentation. The last thing you want to do is disturb it. Why don't you come in and cover it up? 
put these liners on it. They got all these different things that can go over the top of it. Now, you're not going to be able to put up a high rise on that. We get that. But a lot of buildings go up without, you know, massive 10 foot footings or anything like that, spread right. footings, everything you do. Well, now all of a sudden you're selling acres of land, two and a half acres of land, pre primo prime real estate on a corner lot that you're getting rid of that pond. Okay. Now, now, now what do we, how do we meet the stormwater? Well, I'll, I'll bet you a hundred dollars that asphalt parking lot is shot. It's junk. Why? It's in the Midwest. It's a <laughs> freeze thaw. It's, it's always, they're always shot. So <laughs> why, why don't you go into that asphalt parking lot, carve up, uh, 5,000 square foot, 8,000 square foot, whatever's needed, dig down, line it with a, or a ice strength, wall amount of fill with gypsum, textile, fill it with rock, put paved drain over the top. Now drain all your stormwater to this. You have to rebuild the parking lot anyway, but that is exponentially cheaper than dredging anything that's out there. Uh, this could be done. Uh, this is just one way of, I call it, I, I, green technology drives me crazy. Green infrastructure, I like smart technology, smart infrastructure. That is what I l would love us to be associated with it. We're, we're doing things smarter, better efficiency uh, of, of doing this rather than yeah, put it yeah. in let, let, Let's expound on that thought too, because on the smart technology stuff, because we can wrap up a couple of thoughts there. Because, you know, if you talk about, you know, you, you mentioned check the box, right? So you got people out there, it's like, okay, so this is what's approved by let's say the government entities. And so this is what we can use. So we're not going to, we're put our blinders on and we're not going to even get outside of the box and look at the other technologies that may be uh, better. Right. And, and, yep. and, and faster and stronger and you know, all the things. Right. Um, so we're just going to check that box and, and kind of go forward. But then uh, there's another aspect to that. And then, and we, again, this is something we have talked about in the past, um, is you know where the where the rubber meets the road or where the water actually hits the body of water you know where the stormwater actually runs off to you know is is the numbers of uh, of the the math right and so everybody you know it's all it all sounds good right on paper from what i understand like okay so if we do this check that box cool because it says it says on paper based on the on the numbers that we're going to get this result right now, whether or not, now nobody ever goes, to my knowledge, and, and in conversations, nobody really goes and, and super double checks that, right? But what if, you know, what if, like what you're saying with smart technology, what if you could know? What if you actually had the data, right, of, okay, well, this is how much it rained, and this is how much we infiltrated, and this is how much, you know, and all the data was right there. And so there is no there is no more guesswork like it absolutely works because i've got the data not only you know from the last time i rained i've got it right now i've got it in real time and i think that's what you're leaning into because i think you've you've you have those you have that technology now and with the paper train system with the, uh, with with the p4 infiltration right you want to talk that's a little bit about yeah. you know kind of how that kind of kind of goes into it you know we'll 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 take a breather we'll let the engineers and everybody rest that we're kind of beating on that they love their detention pods and we'll talk about how great you know uh the people are infiltrated if you ask me i don't think the engineers love the ponds i just think that's i just think that's oh easy. good it's good. cut and paste yeah you're right you're right it's, it's, yeah. they've got it yeah every hey man yeah, you're i love right. to do a lot of work on this one i i think they'd love i think a lot of engineers Fair enough. would love to engineer 
I do. I, do. I just think they're being up. held in, yeah. in a box. Because yeah. it's at the regulation level. Is that what we're kind of saying? Right? Yeah. Like it's, it's kind of, this is what's been approved, right? Now, what do you do? Well, let, let, before we talk about the Infiltracker and the Smart Tech, like, what are you doing to combat that at the regulatory level then? Are you trying mm. to get approved somehow? I mean, I'm, you've got all kinds of testing, I know, right? You, oh, you've dude. got approvals through the roof, right? We do, but, uh, you know, the approval status data uh, can never stop because certain states, so, well, you tested that at the University of Central Florida. You didn't test it at North Carolina State. <laughs> <laughs> we know, we know, but yes, we know. Oh, 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 oh. oh that's right. Oh, that dog. Oh, silly. So, how are you going to test it? Oh, just like this. So, the exact same way we tested it here, here, and here. Uh, but, wow. So, the, uh, yeah. So, that's, uh, but it's not a pay to play. Remember that. That's, there's nothing of all of that. It's all home. Can you see the start sweating again? It starts sweating again. This is awesome. When you're. When you're burning it down, just keep throwing flames. Hey, just hey, might as well. Let's just burn the whole. Let's just let's just burn the whole thing down. Like I might you know? probably I might regret this, but here's what it is. All of this. So you know what? No, I don't know. I'm telling I, truth. I, Tell me I'm not. Yeah, because because, because here's and that's why and that's why I want to segue here because uh, you know anybody that anybody listening that uh, that's like really pulled their car over or stopped is like you know they want to argue to the to the uh, end of end of time. Uh, that's fine. And then we, you know, that's great. You should leave a comment, let us know, because, uh, in my friendship with Doug over the years, uh, you know, I've gotten to know the tech that he has and understand it better. And as far as I can see with, uh, with the introduction of the info tracker, he can back up everything he's saying. So again, I'm taking his thunder, but go ahead, Doug, you, you, you've been a job of explaining how it works. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it, it just kept bringing up questions about what, what was going on or we we'd hear it story after story. Hey, uh, this is, this appears to be taking out a lot more water than we thought we've, uh, this has done really well. It's done really well for this is really good. And my, my, what I was really going after was clay. And here's what's going on. The engineering community again, gets, gets cornered in and they get, they have their rules they got and everything, but they get cornered that you can only put a permeable surface over, uh, soils that infiltrate at 1.5 inches per hour. You can't do anything on clay, clay, clay doesn't infiltrate, clay doesn't infiltrate. And yet job after job we were on, uh, paper going to stall directly over clay. And uh, many times it was called bathtub clay, meaning throw a bucket of water on there. It'll never go away. And eh, it never is a long time. It kind of seems to go somewhere. <laughs> Oh, and gravity still is, uh, I'm pretty sure there's gravity pulling it, pulling it down and it does seem to go somewhere. So we were trying to open up our market. That's all I was really after. And it wasn't a stick a finger up in the air. Hey, I'll show you what we're doing. It had nothing to do with that. It was around, I think we could do, we want to open up more markets. Take a, just take Milwaukee, Indianapolis, Midwest markets, uh, Minneapolis. You think there's, there's clay everywhere. Go down three feet. Clay here, Texas. Yeah. Texas. They're in Texas. Another guy okay. all over the clay. Clay is not everywhere. It can be Florida where it just hits and gone. It's gone. Georgia, clay, uh, <laughs> clay everywhere. And so, you know, when you're, you're sitting there and you're run, running a company and you're trying to sell more stuff and they're telling you, well, this is the market you can sell it in. When I'm looking at the rest of the market and it's just vast expanse of area and I can't touch it. That's what I was after. I'm like, I want to open up 5% of that to us. And that's, that's 10 times more, a oh, hundred times more than the 1% we're in right now. 
So that's what my, the method of the madness was really around. And, and again, we'd had stories of this has done really well. So the other thing that kind of started uh, happening was uh, models are, are, are wrong. Shocking. I mean, bad information in, bad information out. We're, we're busting it all. We're, we're, we're burning it all down today. We're running it right down. Here we go. Models get yeah. uh, models. And again, models are, again, they're still good, educated guesses for the most part. I, the la, the, and I'll, the one I'll tell you about, Hurricane Ian. How many models were out there? Did one of them predict correctly the path it took? I think the answer is no. <laughs> All of them had it going north to Tampa. No, nope. we're going to go south. And it's just flat. And, and so, again, I'm not saying it's, you know, all models are out there. I'm just saying you don't know. It's kind of like, it's kind of a guess. You're, you're trying. We get it. And, and, and you're putting your best foot out there. Doesn't mean you're not, so, 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 not being wrong. So what did you I'm do? What saying. did you do? What did you do? Because people don't know that. They don't know what the feet, the FF track. The people, let's, what we let's did. break it. Down. We went in. What did you do? And uh, we pulled up blocks. I think I think this is really cool. This is a cool technology. We pulled up a couple of blocks that have been installed for a long time, and we pounded a stainless steel rod down in there with a float valve. Uh, it's got a perforated stainless steel rod with a float valve built into it. Hooked it up to a solar-powered uh, battery pack on top of a look-alike pave drain block. Sent that signal up to a, a post up on a uh, on a top of a rooftop and sent that signal to a computer that showed how much water was being captured and caught and how long it was taken to drain. That's a simplistic way of doing it, but yeah. what a, oh, a beautiful thing. And the, I, I do got to tell kind of a funny story about, uh, about yeah, before yeah. I, I just, these guys are brilliant. They're uh, three PhDs all out of Marquette university and me and this, uh, another landscape engineer or landscape architect, uh, Todd week out of, uh, CBC engineers out of, out of, uh, He's out of Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. We're sitting there. We were kind of brainstorming over this. And uh, and we bring in the three guys from uh, from P4. And at the time, there was only two of them that came to meet with us, uh, Dr. Chris Foley and uh, Dr. Joe Dikfus, all both with P4. And we're sitting in this in a, in, a, in a room at the Water Council building in Milwaukee, and we're on a whiteboard. And I'm just kind of drawing up, you know, we got pay drain here. We want to be able to measure this up and this this meeting takes place in like march and we're sitting there and i've drawn it up and i'm looking at them and i'm thinking okay so it's march boy if they could have a working thing about uh i'm thinking maybe but but thinking about by the fall that would be really awesome and we're sitting there and and they go well you know uh i think we could have a, a working you know system down really ready to go for you by you know it's for you to look at by next thursday <laughs> and then what year is this too by the way just so people know, uh, this has been out for this, this has been this out for a while. while yeah this is in 2019 a couple of years right and 2019 and i'm sitting there thursday <laughs> <laughs> and i'm i'm laughing because i'm thinking you know do you know how things working here i i'm, I'm giving you runway until october <laughs> and and they're sitting there talking about next thursday and todd and i kind of look at each other like yeah uh okay sure like you're gonna have this work Next, the next Thursday, hey, tomorrow we're going to be ready for you. So we go to their shop, and on one side of the room, they got this, they got a, a plexiglass covered stone reservoir with a working, their float valve in it, with a mock little paved drain on top of it. And they got a, a, a tube dumping water into it, a hose dumping water into it. 
and then a valve at the bottom of it. And we're sitting at their computer across the room and they're like, all right, so watch, we're going to, we're going to shut the valve off and we're going to fill this up with a, with a, with a tank up and it's filling up and you're looking across the room and you look at the computer screen and it's going up and then they're going to, okay, we're going to sh- stop the rain event now. And they stop the water from flowing into the tank and it stops and he goes, okay, now we're going to pretend like this is draining out and they turn it on the valve on at the bottom and it drains out. And I'm just sitting there going, you did this six days <laughs> this take maybe three years and, and this was a concept on a on a on a wednesday and they have a working model on a, a following thursday the guys are they're, they're brilliant and i i just I, I love the guys for what they they have done and uh so we started incorporating this in marketing and here's what it's found out. And this is, again, my little, I get a little shot at it. Everybody takes shots at us. So I'm going to take a shot at the <laughs> at the modeling world. Uh, prove it. You know, prove, prove it. it. Now, that's the whole thing. That's why I think it's so cool. Yes. Yes. Yeah, fast forward three years. Yep. Yes. And you've got, you've got, you've got data. Got installs, all, installs all, all kind of all over the country. And yep. the ones that we started putting in had opened some serious eyes. Uh, to the point where the Wisconsin DNR went, wait, what? They're doing, you captured how much? And it has really opened eyes up that, oh, clay does infiltrate. How about that? Wow. And in fact, that infiltrates pretty fast. I never, never would have perceived that. But we were taught this. We were taught this. We were taught this. And again, we're all taught things. But can't we have a little bit of an open mind that we, it might be wrong? I mean, I, I, I never thought my dad was wrong about anything until I, until I realized he was a hog farmer and they, there was no money in it. <laughs> and, and so, you know, so you're, you, 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 you think about maybe you're taught something and, and, but we can't, but maybe we can just say, huh, how, but can we improve on this? Can we do this? They have proven out that a lot of models are not off by a little, sometimes they're off by a lot and it's been, uh, Fun, humbling, exciting, and fun all in this all in the same breath. Now, the worst part is, guess what it takes? It takes a long time for things to cycle through uh, to do it. But, you know, all in on a decent-sized system to figure out how much you're doing, it costs about $10,000. That's just, in the scheme of what we're doing, that's a, that's a you know, that's a pixie dust. And, and its scope and size of what we're doing on, a, on an infrastructure scale, so well, for I, me, for, I, I think for me personally, and, and not to cut you off, but you know, in twenty twenty two, going into twenty twenty three, and just the way of the world now, I, I think the ability to prove it is going to be so valuable. I think at some point the taxpayers, are, you know, and this is not going to go away. Stormwater is very important. I mean, I I've never considered myself environmentalist, but being in the industry for 10 years, it's hard not to get it on you, right? So I do care about water more than I did 10 years ago. And the fact is, is that if you can't, if you can't prove it to me, then as far as I'm concerned, it didn't happen. You know? Thank you. Um, Agreed. And so I got one more I, for I you. What a I great story to your constituents. What a great story to your constituents. Well, you got to prove the dollars. To prove the dollars. We're so transparency has just been, that word has been, beaten to death over the last so many years and i think it's going to continue to to be you know out there in the forefront in years to come and so to be able to 
and like you just said, go to the constituents and say, hey, we're going to spend this money, um, but we know it's going to do X and we can prove it, you know, and, you know, they could even, I mean, I don't know if you have anybody could do that, but heck, you could put those, you could have that, that data integrated into a dashboard onto a, onto a website to where the public could see it if they wanted to, to where they wanted to know where their, their dollars went. We're doing that. Fantastic. We're doing oh, really? it's, it's, really? headed, it's headed that way. I can't tell you the city just yet, but that's where they're all good. That's what they want. Well, because the smart, the smart city, that's what you were talking about, right. smart technology. This is what we're talking about, smart technology. This is all the stuff. And it's, and it, what's crazy, this stuff is all these technology, for the most part, except for kind of piece and putting pay drain with an infiltrator. For the most, all of it has really been around for quite a while. <laughs> we could do all, we've been able to do this a long time. It just took a C plus student. Uh, <laughs> kind of put it all together, you know. That's it's a dig at myself, but nothing true statement. Uh, but uh, so. this has been this has been awesome. Um, any any final thoughts? Anything you want to share with anybody, everybody out there listening? That uh, you know, like I guess we could kind of take a thirty thousand foot back and go, hey, maybe we're going into recession, maybe we're not. Maybe you give some thoughts on just the industry as a whole, what people can do to be proactive and how they're doing things or just whatever any kind of final thoughts you've got for the people who are listening in in the stormwater world you know sometimes the most expensive thing is is also the most economical thing you can do uh, i i go back to the the uh, what i love to use is the light bulb analogy which i kind of alluded to a little earlier when it comes down to what what we do you know in the first uh you know, the early light bulbs, incandescent light bulbs, you know, you buy them for 50, 60 cents and throw it up there and it lasts a while and then it burns out and you just change it. It's not supposedly not that big a deal. Then those became awful, evil. And then we all, then the, this energy saving, squirrely, quirly, weird looking light bulb came out and everybody rushed to the store to go spend $9 for a stupid light bulb, <laughs> including me. Did it? Guilty. Guilty. Right. Guilty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did it all over my house. I bought and a half dozen of them and, and put them all over my house, turned on the light and went, now oh, that sucks. Like a lot of people. It was just, it was just sadly, horribly disappointing. Now we're at LED light bulbs. Those things are awesome. They have, they have, they have worked and they work and they're great. Uh, I'd like to liken us to kind of that LED type light bulb. Uh, we've really, and again, we've taken our, we've taken our hits. And it takes time to ever all new technology has to it goes through a learning curve before it kind of really hits its stride and some of the best inventions of the world uh just take some time to really get them going and uh what we've been doing is always just kind of pushing that envelope making a lot of people ask huh, wow look at these guys and look what they've been doing and and we're backing it up with saying yeah, put an info tracker in. Show you, we want to show you and prove to you just how much water you are capturing. So you could take it back to your constituents and say, we just infiltrated and captured 1.6 million gallons of water during this last storm event. That's a story. It didn't yeah. flood out a house. It didn't flood out a neighborhood. It infiltrated, captured, worked back down into the ground. Mother Nature's aquifers, who's going to clean it. It'd take a while to get there, but... That's a story. That's uh, and that's uh, takeaway flooding too. Localized flooding. Oh, is there anything worse than water? Oh, flood. I, every time I see flooding, I just cringe and shudder because of that type of stuff. It's such a long road back from that. And uh, so I uh, hey that Ellie that that's a light bulb that light bulb uh, analogy is great. 
Um, I really, I really like that. Um, and uh, I know you're not a social media guy, but uh, so I would are. assume if people that's why I lean on you. When I, if people want to talk, if people want to talk to you, they can uh, email you. I guess would be the best way to get in touch with you. It's uh, what is that? It's going to be D book B B U C H D B U C H at pavedrain dot com. Yep, info at pavedrain dot com will eventually find its way to me as well. Info, there you go. Info at pavedrain dot com. I'm on LinkedIn. We'll have all well. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, and again, it goes back to kind of what we talked about. Always do what you always done. Always get what you always got. If we continue to just do things the same way, you're just not going to get a different result. It's all going to look the same, feel the same and act the same. Uh, yeah. Time for them to take on that, uh, that, that brand new technology that's 15, 15 years it's old. Almost 15 it's a brand new technology, old. folks. It's, uh, so it's so new. It's been around for 15 years. Check it out. Favoring.com. Doug, it's a pleasure always talking to you. As always. Um, as well, Doug. I appreciate you uh, taking the time being on the pod today. You bet. Thanks for your efforts. Thanks, buddy. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Stormwater World Podcast. Do you have something you'd like to discuss? Do you have an opposing opinion regarding something you heard during this episode? Let's talk about it. Click on the link in the show notes to sign up for a future episode. I'd love to visit with you about what's happening and how you see things unfolding in your stormwater world.